Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today as we kick off a brand new week in Biden's America. Pray for us. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Please follow me on social media. On Instagram, I'm at Monica Crowley underscore. That's at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and Truth Social, I am at Monica Crowley. You can also send me an email about this show. Let me know what's on your mind to Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. I'm getting a ton of your emails. I was on Steve Bannon's War Room on Friday afternoon. It was fantastic. And I know a lot of you saw me there as well. So so if you are brand new to this podcast, welcome. We are thrilled to have you on board because what we are doing here is really uh, the way Bannon does, really build a community of like-minded, fierce warriors for freedom. We are here. This is what this show is all about. This is why I decided to do this podcast to begin with. So if you're joining us today for the first time, Welcome. We are glad to have you on board. And as everybody else knows, I read all of the emails. I see all of them that come in. So don't be afraid because I might read yours on the air. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Uh, all right. Well, today we've got a very full show because I want to deal with, as I mentioned on Friday, I want to deal with the 2020 election and take a very close look at the evidence, not the rumors, but the evidence we have so far of election fraud, illegalities, irregularities, and overall shady stuff that went down in that election. Without clean elections, we have no country. So all of the other things that we talk about on this show, from the economy to the open border to foreign policy and Biden humiliating himself yet again abroad in the Middle East over the weekend, none of that stuff matters. None of it stuff even goes down if 
you don't have clean elections. And that's why when people talk to me about the midterms or 24, everybody has this assumption that those elections will be clean. And I always say, assuming these races are clean, it looks like November might be a good election for the Republicans. But again, assuming the elections are clean. So without clean elections, we have no country. And without confidence in our elections, then we have no confidence in who we are electing. And therefore, we cannot offer our consent to be governed. Let me just channel Joe Biden here for a second and let me repeat the line. Without confidence in our elections, then we have no confidence in who we are electing. And therefore, we cannot offer our consent to be governed. Our entire self-governing system that was so brilliantly crafted by the founding fathers is built on the consent of the governed, us. But how can we consent if we don't have confidence that our votes count, that the system is fair? And that the people who are assuming office are those who actually win. Those are the big questions that make election integrity the central issue. Even more so than border security and all the other issues that we talk about every day on this podcast. Election integrity is basically the only issue. Because without it, American liberty the democracy that the left screams that they care about so much doesn't exist. And we're all just, we're we're just a run-of-the-mill dictatorship. That's why it matters. And that's why we're covering it here. That's also why the Democrat communists and their wingmen in the press are burying it. They do not want to report it. They will not admit it. And they've smeared it as, quote, the big lie. That's why power and control and and the destruction of American freedom, our entire system hinges on this. So we're going to break down the evidence that we at least have so far. Um, Also today, we're going to have the phenomenal Carrie Lake, the GOP candidate for governor of Arizona. She is fierce and fearless. She's got Trump's endorsement. She is going to be here and you're not going to want to miss that. Plus, as I said, your emails. But first... The Monica Memo. So I want to frame our discussion about election integrity with a story that happened to me over the weekend. So on Friday night, I was invited to a cocktail party in someone's beautiful garden, and it was a fabulous party. Everybody was dressed. The weather was perfect. The food was delicious. So having a great time. And I went over to speak to a friend, and uh, he's a lovely man, and we were having a great conversation, and he's one of us. He is a Republican. He voted for Trump, although he is of the mind that Trump should not run again. But anyway, we're having this discussion, and out of the corner of my eye, I see another guy making his way over to us, and I was like, oh, a new interesting person to meet. Okay. (laughs) I'm always open-minded always open-minded. So the guy comes over and uh, my friend introduces us and he says, oh, hi, my name is Richard. Now at this point, I can see that the man has had a few drinks. 
shall we say. He was not falling down drunk, but he was cocktail party drunk. You know what I mean? Like he just, just drunk enough where he's not slurring his words, but he thinks he's being smart and interesting and funny, but he's none of those things. You know what I'm talking about? Cocktail party drunk. So it's clear now at this point, he is cocktail party drunk. And we start talking a little bit about politics. And when I'm meeting new people, I mean, it was clear he did not know who I was. Let's put it that way. So I wasn't going to go out on the limb with my political beliefs or or say anything. I just wanted to keep the conversation very uh, social, chit-chat, beautiful weather we're having. How about those Yankees? (laughs) That kind of stuff, right? But it sort of veered into politics And my friend says to him, well, Monica served in the Trump administration. And he kind of looked at me, raised a little drunk eyebrow. And he was like, oh, really? And I said, yes, at the Treasury Department. And he said, oh, Secretary Mnuchin, Stephen Mnuchin, he did a great job. And he said, I didn't vote for Trump, but he really, and I said, absolutely. He was a very effective Treasury Secretary. And he agreed with that. And I was like, okay, good. Common ground. This is good. And then he said, I'm a Democrat. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) But I said, oh, all right. And he said, I hate what's going on. Biden is a fool. And I was like, oh, more common ground. This is good. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, this is is a big mess. But, you know, Trump can't run again. I said, well, that's your opinion. I think he is running again. But yeah, that's fine. We'll see how it all shakes out. Again, I am being the perfect cocktail party guest in dealing with this cocktail party drunk. And then he starts ripping Trump and being in New York, I'm used to this all the time. And then I had to make a decision. Am I going to defend Trump, which I almost always do, or am I just going to stand here and just nod at this guy? And honestly, I have to tell you, I spend my entire life for the last five years standing up for Trump, defending him. And I will until my dying day. Okay. So don't misread what I'm saying. But there was a moment where I thought, A, he's drunk. B, I'm too tired for this. So I just kind of stood there. And then when he was done with his spiel, I said one very innocuous thing, positive about Donald Trump. I said something like, Well, you know, uh, the reason that President Trump ran in 2015 and 2016 is because he genuinely cares about this country and really hated to see what was happening to it. He didn't need to run. He needed that like a hole in the head. He ran because he honestly cared about the forgotten man and woman. It was something like that. Very mild, not like Donald Trump is the greatest president of all time and deserves to be on Mount Rushmore which, by the way, I kind of believe, right? Anyway, I didn't go anywhere near any of that. I just said, you know, he ran because he cared about the country. This guy, it was like this. It was like somebody slammed on the brakes, his whole face changed, and he goes, that's it. I'm done with you. And he turned on his heel, and he started to walk away, and I thought he was kidding, (laughs) <laughs> really, I thought he was like joking around. I was going to come back and say, well, I disagree with you, whatever. Nope. He turned around, put his back to me, walked away, and of course made a beeline for the bar. That's it. I'm done with you. <laughs> 
So I tell you this story, by the way, of, and of course, the host was mortified. He had walked away. And then when he came back, he's like, where's Richard? I was like, well, he said he was done with me and walked away. And he was like mortified. He was one of the hosts. And he was like, oh, my God. And the other host um, was just mortified as well and apologized. I said, don't apologize. He's being the ass, not you. And it's fine. I, I could care less. But I tell you that story to frame our discussion about election integrity here, because that attitude gave us the rigged election. That absolute Trump derangement syndrome, the hatred of Donald Trump, the hatred of what he represented, which was us, the forgotten man and woman, and and representing a restored America, the hatred and the fear of what he was exposing the Democrat communists, their corruption, the rot, the bias, the media, the crimes that they were all committing, they had to stop him. He was an existential threat to their whole corrupt status quo. And this guy, Richard, whether he realized it or not, what he did, it impressed upon me exactly why we got the corrupt election in 2020, because they had to stop him at all costs. So you get two impeachments, you get the Russia hoax that went on forever, you get COVID, you get Fauci, everybody undermining him from within, you get this guy's Richard's hatred, they had to stop him. So therefore, why wouldn't we think that they would have tried to rig the 2020 election? And then it blows back on us, on the Republican side, why were we not better prepared for this? All right, so... Again, let's go through this because I want to really start bringing it down on the show about what we know and what evidence we really have so far. We have talked on this podcast to Dinesh D'Souza about his fantastic documentary, 2000 Mules. If you have not already seen it, please do go to 2000mules.com. You can stream it. You can get it. It is a must-see because he has real evidence which he presents of the ballot harvesting and ballot box stuffing that went on across the country, but particularly in these key areas that were critical to Biden's quote-unquote victory, the voter fraud that drove up the numbers for Biden in those swing states. 2,000 mules is critical. We've talked to Dinesh on this show. We've also talked to David Bossy about how Mark Zuckerberg poured $400 million into local election offices uh, in Wisconsin and elsewhere, swing states, to sway the election in those battleground states. Today, we're also going to hear from Carrie Lake, who is running for governor of Arizona. She's going to lay out some of what happened in Arizona. And today, again, I want to go through with uh, some of the the reams of confirmed illegality, irregularities, shady activity that the propaganda press has buried. President Trump outlines a lot of this. And of course, it's been condemned as the big lie and memory hold in the most Orwellian way. As I have always said, because I worked with President Nixon during his last years, and we often talked about the 1960 election, which was Nixon versus JFK, the old man Kennedy orchestrated tremendous voter fraud in three areas. Cook County, Illinois. Illinois was still a swing state at the time, so they needed that area. 
West Virginia and Texas, Lyndon Johnson helped with the photo fraud in Texas. So my point is that Democrats have been rigging elections, stealing elections since the 19th century at least. But the turning point in the 20th century was the 1960 election, which the the Kennedys and the Democratic machine swung for JFK. They stole it from Richard Nixon. Okay, so they have been... Um, bringing their talents for rigging elections through the 20th century into the 21st, and now it's in the digital era. So again, I say, why were we not better prepared for what was coming down the pike? Why were we not better prepared for this? And that's on us. That's not on them. Stealing is what they do. Rigging is what they do. They're really good at it. They've had decades, centuries really, to perfect it, make it into an art and a science. So therefore, it's on us. And have we fixed these problems? Some of them, not all of them. But it's on us. Why were we not better prepared? Okay? So every day now, we see new irregularities, new evidence, new security vulnerabilities, new shady things that are being revealed in court, in state legislatures and other investigative bodies like the FBI and Homeland Security, as corrupt as they are, we're starting to get some evidence. John Solomon at Just the News has done a fantastic job of compiling the evidence. And when we come back from the break, I want to go through some of it. And this is a long-term project, so we're we're going to start today. We're going to go through this evidence that we have so far, I'm not dealing in rumor, innuendo, and, and that kind of thing, actual confirmed illegality and irregularities. Because again, without clean elections and the confidence in those elections, we have no country. So when we come back, we're going to start to get into it. We're going to start with the state of Wisconsin. So sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy And you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. 
All right, welcome back. So we are dealing with election integrity today. In a couple of minutes, we're going to talk to Carrie Lake, who is running for governor of Arizona. She is phenomenal. She's leading the pack. Um, We're going to talk to her about a bunch of things, but I do want to deal with election integrity because she has been very open and unafraid to talk about this. Um, and she's done a, a great job at what went down in Arizona and how this is was a stolen election in Arizona. So we're going to talk to her about that state. But I want to break this apart. And I'm citing John Solomon at Just News because he has stayed on the story and has done an amazing job of putting it all together. All of the evidence that we have at least so far here. Okay, so let's begin I want to start with Wisconsin, but you need to know that across the country now, we have nearly two dozen, two dozen credible confirmations of serious election problems that undercut the claims of all of the Democrat communists and their wingmen in the press that the 2020 election was perfect. Most secure election in U.S. history, that's bull, total bull. And they know it, so they're trying to cover it up. Just as if anybody questioned the Russia hoax, you were a Russian stooge, you were a a Putin asset, this is how they smear you to discredit the entire argument. So they labeled it the big lie. And again, you know, 2,000 mules and these others, was this voter fraud enough to swing the election? Open question. But the evidence of it is mounting every single day. So the likelihood that it could change the election um, or swing it in some way is, is mounting every day. Let's put it that way. So really, this election in 2020 was dirty, really dirty, not clean at all. Now, none of this, as we're going to lay it out, none of this is going to overturn that election or install Trump back in office. None of that is going to happen, okay? It's unfortunate, but that's, that's life. Life ain't fair. But this evidence is critical to know what is in front of us, what's behind us, and therefore what's in front of us, and that the big lie is the big lie. All right, so let's go through some of the 21 important revelations uh, uncovered by Solomon at Just the News. This is over the last 18 months that evidence has started to come in, um, and it's, it is jaw-dropping. Okay, so first, illegal ballot drop boxes. So I'm sure you heard in the last, what, uh, two weeks, I think it was about two weeks ago, that the Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled earlier a couple of weeks ago, that the 570 drop boxes used during the 2020 election were unlawfully approved by the Wisconsin Election Commission, the WEC in Wisconsin. Now, a lot of states have these kinds of commissions. The Wisconsin uh, Supreme Court ruled that those drop boxes were illegal and that the Wisconsin Election Commission should not have approved them. Quote, only the legislature may permit absentee voting via ballot drop boxes, the court said. The Wisconsin Election Commission cannot. Ballot drop boxes appear nowhere in the detailed statutory system for absentee voting. The Wisconsin Election Committee's authorization of drop boxes was unlawful. 
State Representative Janelle Branchen said that hundreds of thousands of votes were cast in the illegal boxes in the 2020 race when Biden and Trump were separated by less than 21,000 votes. So you had hundreds of thousands of illegal votes going into these illegal uh, ballot drop, or maybe they were legit, but they were going into ballot drop boxes. And then how do you determine whether they're legit, whether they were legit or whether they were illegal? You don't know because they went into these shadowy boxes. And again, this is 2000 mules. Please see that movie because they've got all of these mules stuffing in a very careful and deliberate way stuffing the the ballot boxes in all kinds of areas outside Philadelphia, not just Wisconsin. So the Wisconsin Supreme Court, not exactly a right-wing court. We're not talking about a court in Mississippi or Louisiana. Wisconsin tilts to the left big time. They have determined that what happened in 2020 in their state was unlawful, illegal. Now you would think, therefore, Uh, that you should decertify the election. But of course, they're not going to do that in the state of Wisconsin. They could pull their electors and say, you know, but of course, it's not going to happen. We're too deep into this. But this is why Trump was screaming about this leading up to the election and then after the election heading into January 6th. He knew after the Wisconsin Supreme Court made their ruling people went to the Wisconsin Elections Commission that got reamed in this court ruling for a comment, and they put out this very terse kind of comment and basically chose to stay silent. And at the end of their little statement, they said the commission may provide further comment at a later time. Doe, doe. Um, they don't like that it's now harder to cheat. They don't like that it's harder to steal elections in Wisconsin. So you get crickets from the Democrats. They are so used to winning and scamming that when they're handed a loss like this, they don't know what to do. They they honestly don't know what to do. And that's why you get these comments of like, well, we might have further comment later. (laughs) So far, no further comment from the state of Wisconsin. So the second point that Solomon and Just the News highlights here, and there are a bunch of these points, and whatever we don't get to today, we're going to continue throughout the week. Um, They mention a foreign intrusion into our elections. Listen to this. Federal authorities have confirmed that two Iranian nationals successfully hacked into a state computer election system, stole 100,000 voter registrations, and used the data to carry out a cyber intimidation campaign that targeted Republican members of Congress. Trump campaign officials and Democrat voters in the November 2020 election in one of the largest foreign intrusions in U.S. election history. The defendants, quote, were part of a coordinated conspiracy in which Iranian hackers sought to undermine faith and confidence in the U.S. presidential election. This, according to U.S. Attorney Damian Williams, in an indictment. So there was foreign intervention in the elections, and this episode is just the one that we know about. Remember, there, there's been discussion about whether China attempted to hack this. Mike Lindell was trying to work on some of this, whether there were outside entities, hostile forces to the United States, 
like Iran, like China, who were trying to intervene in our election and undermine our confidence in that election. So here, we actually have a U.S. attorney bringing an indictment against two Iranian nationals. Again, this is clear-cut evidence of foreign intervention in the election. Again, we don't know what kind of scale this is, but it happened. The third point, the laptop lie. More than 50 national security experts, countless news organizations, and large social media firms falsely told American voters in the fall of 2020 that the Hunter Biden laptop with damning revelations about the Biden family corruption was Russian disinformation. Remember that? And in fact, some of these news organizations to this day continue to say that the Biden laptop is Russian disinformation, even though now the FBI has said, oh yeah, no, it's real. (laughs) We've had confirmation that it was real. And then remember, big tech stepped in and worked hand in glove with the government and the media to silence the Hunter Biden laptop story about the Biden family corruption. The New York Post reported the story weeks before the election, remember? And they were silenced. They were thrown off of Twitter. They were, the, the story was suspended and everybody rolled their eyes. And of course, it was completely legit. In fact, remember, it was a legitimate laptop already in the FBI's possession. They had the, uh, the corrupt FBI had the Hunter Biden laptop in December of 2019 and knew it was real. They knew it was legit, and yet they let the lie ride. They let the lie ride. Think about the depth of the corruption that America's premier law enforcement agency had the Hunter Biden laptop, saw all of the compromising material on that, saw the business deal, saw Hunter naked coming down a water slide, and if you haven't seen that video yet, guys, hello, (laughs) go Google it. They had it all. They knew it was real. And they let the lie about Russian disinformation just ride through the election. And then for months after, even while Biden was president, they just let it ride. So, so much for the FBI and DOJ being honest brokers in terms of law enforcement. Equal application of the law? Uh Uh-uh. Nope, we've got our own Stasi here in the United States. Think about that. They let the lie ride. And of course, you know, Hunter Biden was already under criminal investigation long before the voters went to the polls in 2020. And again, they let the lie ride. So that lie had a huge impact because polling shows that a majority of American voters believe the pre-election censorship of the story amounted to election interference. And then there was a substantial number of Democrats or voters who, who voted for Biden who said if they had been aware of the Biden family corruption and the Hunter laptop, they would not have voted for Biden. Ah, you see how the election interference works? Yes, we have some evidence of foreign interference, but I'm telling you guys, the interference came from within the house. You know the old horror movies and the line, the call is coming from inside the house? The call was coming from inside the house. And then, of course, we've got alleged bribery. 
The former state Supreme Court justice appointed by the Wisconsin legislature to investigate the 2020 election concluded that millions of dollars in donations to election administrators in five Democrat-heavy cities and areas from the Mark Zuckerberg-funded Center for Tech and Civic Life violated state anti-bribery laws and corrupted election practices by turning public election authorities into left-wing get-out-the-vote activists. Quote, the Zuckerberg-funded CTCL Zuckerberg 5 scheme would prove to be an effective way to accomplish the partisan effort to, quote, turn out their desired voters. And it was done with the active support of the very people and the governmental institution, the Wisconsin Election Commission, that were supposed to be guarding the Wisconsin elections administrative process from the partisan activities they facilitated. This according to Justice Michael Gableman, who led the investigation uh, for the Supreme Court in Wisconsin. Again, this is what Molly Hemingway has written about in her book, Rigged. This is what David Bossy has also done in his book, Rigged. Uh, we'll have Molly Hemingway on because she's got warnings about what's happening um, in November coming up on the midterms because, again, our side has not gotten its act together on this stuff. But the word bribery here is critical. You haven't heard that yet, right? Well, Mark Zuckerberg poured $400 million into Wisconsin and and Pennsylvania and other states to try to swing the vote, and he succeeded. But the word bribery here, that they were bribing election officials to get out the vote for one side, because the numbers on the Zuckerberg thing, as Hemingway and Bossy point out, the numbers were like 98% Democrat, and they could say it was bipartisan, a bipartisan effort, because like 2% of it went Republican. But the vast majority of it, obviously, to cover their tracks, they had to have some Republican votes coming in. But the vast majority, hundreds of thousands, were Democrat, obviously, to drive up the numbers and swing the state. The word bribery is critical. Active bribery, not because Monica Crowley says it, but because the Wisconsin Supreme Court says it. All right, I'm going to pause here. We have a lot to get to, so we're going to go through the rest of this as the week continues on election integrity. This will be like the election integrity week on the Monica Crowley podcast, going through the evidence of voter fraud and the deep corruption of the 2020 election. Again, it's not going to change the result. Trump is not going to come in as a triumphant uh, warrior back into office anytime soon. He's got to run again and win the office for real for the third time. Um, But it's important to lay out the evidence we have to turn back the big lie and make sure that at least we're all prepared for what is coming down the pike because you know that they have all kinds of new and creative ways of getting around what state legislatures are doing to fix the last election. They're never fighting the last war. They're fighting the war in front of them. And therefore, so must we. Okay, you guys, uh, before we hit this break and get to the great Carrie Lake Listen up, because I want all of you to be as healthy as possible. We all need to be as healthy as possible and on top of our game, heading into these existential fights for 22, 24, and the culture. 
We all need to be as healthy as possible. So to get myself healthier, I am taking Field of Greens every day, and you should too. I absolutely love it, and I've been feeling so much better since I started it. Field of Greens is packed with a full spectrum of essential vegetables and fruits, plus science-backed herbs and prebiotics. This is what I need to stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes delicious. I actually look forward to my glass of Field of Greens every day. You're going to have more energy. You will look and feel healthier, and it can even help you lose weight. But what I'm looking forward to the most is my physical, which is I'm due for one, and I can't wait for my doctor to tell me that my old lab work versus my new lab work, it's so much better and I'm crushing it. So join me and take Field of Greens too. To help you get started, I got you 15% off your very first order and another 10% off when you subscribe for recurring orders. So visit them, fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code MONICA, Field of Greens, promo code MONICA. We'll be right back. I am absolutely delighted. This is such a joy for me to welcome the incredible Carrie Lake. Carrie is the leading Republican candidate for governor of Arizona, and she is the only one to have scored President Trump's coveted endorsement. She is a complete badass who is going to make a phenomenal governor. Her campaign website is Carrie Lake, that's K-A-R-I, and then Lake, CarrieLake.com. So please go there, check her out. And if you live in Arizona, get out there and support her. And even if you don't, check out her website, hear what she's all about today on this podcast, and support her however you can. The Arizona primary is right around the corner on August 2nd. She joins me now. Carrie, Welcome. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited, Monica, to finally be doing this show with you. We've been talking about it for a long time. It's it's great to be here. And even though the primary is August 2nd, we have what I like to call election season here in Arizona. So um, our voting is currently underway because we vote for practically an entire month. So if you're in Arizona, vote now. If you've got the ballot sitting on your kitchen counter, open it up. And make sure you vote. Well, you know, it's interesting that you raise that point, Carrie, because I know you talk a lot about election integrity, and we're going to get into that. We should have an election day in all of our states in America, not an election month or election months. And we will cover that. But as Carrie mentioned, voting is now open in the state of Arizona. If you live there, please stand up and vote for Carrie Lake. And it's so great to have you, Carrie. I am a huge supporter of yours. And as I mentioned to you before we came live, I was born in Arizona at Fort Huachuca. And I must say that you were the best thing to happen to my birth state in a very long time. You are Arizona first. You are America first. You are a fierce warrior for this country and for freedom. And it's so desperately needed. Wow, that that's a huge compliment. Thank you so much. Well, you know, I covered Arizona as a fair and honest journalist for 27 years. So I got to see all of the politicians come and go and they make the promises, they do the ads and they never live up to any of the hype. They never do anything they promise. And I'm so tired of that. The people of Arizona have been being put last for a long time. We have kind of a, a establishment swamp machine here. 
And it's time we break free from that. And we, the people, take back our government. And that's what I'm standing up and doing. I never envisioned getting into politics, by the way, when I walked away from my career. But when I walked away from my career, so many Arizonans reached out to me and said, would you please consider running for office? Because we need somebody we trust who understands the issues of Arizona and who has integrity. And so I, I kind of felt it was God's way of tapping me on the shoulder and saying, I, I cleared your schedule to do this. Mm-hmm. It's your time to run for office. Mm-hmm. And here we are, number mm-hmm. one, and, and we're doing great. We're, we're still way up in the polls and we have President Trump's endorsement. So um, we're, we're just chugging along here toward uh, uh, the final vote on August 2nd. And then we're going to move on to tackle the Democrat who I'll be running against um, Next, I'm so happy that you have taken on this challenge and that you chose to listen to God when he tapped you on the shoulder. A lot of people, God God talks to all of us. I firmly believe that. Sometimes you hear his voice, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you're paying attention, sometimes you're not. So uh, Arizona and the country will be uh, really, really well off now that you've listened to God's calling on you for, for this. I also want to say, Carrie, that you know it seems that you're the left's worst nightmare for a lot of reasons. But one in particular stands out. They feared President Trump's success, not his failure, his success, which is why they had to stop him. Because if he succeeded, they knew that he was going to give rise to countless America First candidates, all of whom would pose an existential threat to the entire corrupt ruling class on both sides. You're one of them. So, of course, they're out to destroy you, too, right? Which I know you take as a huge compliment. (laughs) It is a compliment. You know, it's never fun when you are uh, being attacked left and right. But um, you have to realize when you're being attacked by everyone, you are right over the target. And I represent what I call the new right, the start of President Trump's legacy of leaders. He inspired so many people. And so many people weren't believing the fake news on him. They tried to destroy him and destroy his family and and tear him down because you're right. His success was so overwhelming. It made these political elite that came before him look completely ineffective. And, you know, he got more done, Monica, in his first six months than most politicians have done in their entire career. And he had to do that. By getting attacked by the media every day, he was getting attacked by the left, he was getting attacked by the right, and yet he accomplished more for the American people in just six months' time than most people do in decades. So he proved to us that you can get in there, you can be an outsider, and you can affect change, and that's really what our founding fathers envisioned. Outsiders, citizen politicians stepping forward, running for office, doing the job, And then going back to their lives, they never envisioned these career politicians like Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden, these lifers who never leave. That's exactly right. And that's why we need you, because you're the ultimate citizen soldier for us. uh, And and by the way, who wants to be a politician? (laughs) That's that's gross and desperate. (laughs) Yes. And not normal. Yeah, it says that you have nothing going on and you just want to, you know, milk the system for everything you can. And um, we don't want that anymore. We need to move on to people 
stepping forward, helping out, getting back to their lives after they do the job. Yes. Those professional politicians get off on the power and control, not on serving the American people and serving the country. And that's what that's what leads to this tremendous corruption that we see in every corner of American life and society and certainly our politics. You know, you mentioned uh, the new right, Carrie, and it's so true. We are a different breed, aren't we? We fight back. We're unafraid. Yes. We push back on the media, which you do every day. And it's such a joy to see that we say the truth and we stand for America and the American people. We really do put America first. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're so used to, I guess the, the, the corporate media, the fake news is so used to push over Republicans and they don't know what to do when one of us kind of new Republican steps forward and they won't lie down. They won't take a beating. They're going to stand up and fight. And we have to do that because we, we're, we're battling the fake news. We're battling some people in our own party, the kind of rhino swampy types. And we're battling the left and we're battling for the soul of America to save this country. I, I really believe, Monica, this is the last election. And if we don't get it right and get America first patriots in there who care first and foremost about saving this country, preserving our constitution, protecting our freedoms, then I don't think we have a country Mm -hmm. beyond this election because we have a wide open border and we have a corrupt electoral system. The elections are corrupt. And with those two things um, completely corrupted, if we don't fix them, we're going to have no country left. That's right, Carrie. I mean, those are the two critical pillars that hold up the entire country. It's our sovereignty, meaning our border and how we control who comes in and who comes out, and also election integrity. And I know that you have taken on those two issues and you hit them every day and you have throughout this campaign. And as governor, you have said you're going to solve both of these problems in the state of Arizona. So let's start with the open border first, because Arizona is obviously on the front lines. It's a border state. What will you do if you become, I should say, when you become governor, what are you going to do to get this border under control? Well, we're just going to go right back to our founding document, the United States Constitution. And of course, in the in the guarantee clause, Article 4, Section 4, it states that the federal government is to protect to protect us from, um, you know, invasion and protect our borders and all of that. And they're failing to do that. But the remedy is in the Constitution, Article 1, Section 10, our inherent right to protect our own border when we are under invasion. So day one, as soon as I take my hand off the Bible and deliver the oath of office, within seconds, we're going to issue a declaration of invasion. That is needed to get the ball rolling. We're going to roll out the Arizona National Guard. We're going to arm them, put them on the border, Because remember, right now, our border is controlled by the cartels. Mm -hmm. It is not controlled by the United States. And so we're going to put our Arizona National Guard down there. We're going to stop people from coming across. And we're going to send people back who have come across. We're not going to sit here and be the doormat that that Joe Biden wants us to be. We're rolling up the welcome mat to illegal immigrants and illegal crossings. And we're going to actually finish President Trump's wall. You know, it, it's so bothersome that that people are turning their head away from this problem. We've got fentanyl pouring in at record numbers. It's poisoning our young people. We have children being trafficked and we have a crush of people coming in and they are basically going to become slaves to the cartels. They are indentured servants to the cartels while they're here because they have to pay back the price of crossing the border. And I'm not comfortable having indentured servants in our country. 
Amen to that. Carrie, I mean, it's extraordinary. You know, I I know you don't want to be critical of other Republicans who are in different states, but I noticed that Governor Abbott in Texas, also on the front lines, he only recently said, well, I'm just, I'm going to take them and I'm going to send them back to the border instead of saying, I'm going to put them over the border and back into Mexico so that, you know, they're at least back in Mexico. They can try to come in again, but I'm going to remand them back into Mexico. I, it boggles my mind that we are in this place. I mean, the Democrats, you understand where they're coming from. They want to flood the zone and destroy the country. But our fellow Republicans who have put up with this for so long, including to this day, those who are in positions of authority and power to change the things that are going on in their state, and yet they've been reluctant to do so. Why? Um, I, You know, I don't know. I don't, I can't get into their into their brain and, and figure out what they're thinking. I don't know if it's just um, a week, they're weak and they, they don't want the, to take on the battle. It, it is a difficult thing to take up, but we have to, we have no choice but to do the difficult work. Um, we have a, a governor right now who is not very popular in Arizona. He's done, I call him do nothing doocy when it comes to the border. Mm-hmm. He's done nothing except complain and send nasty letters to Joe Biden. That's not going to cut it. I've got a border policy. I handed it over to him. I sent it to him before we even released it. And I said, please take this border policy. You can make it your own and just do it because we can't wait until next year to start this. We need to start this now. And he sits there and complains and does nothing. He's endorsed my rhino candidate saying she's got a great border plan. And I'm like, if it's that great, start doing it right now. It's outrageous. She doesn't have a border plan. Her border plan is the same as his, which is do nothing and let us be overrun by people coming in illegally. Many of them with criminal backgrounds, many of them here to do harm and others who are here to take our jobs. And we don't want our wages to be uh, driven down by illegal workers. Yes. Go ahead. I want to say something real quick about Governor Abbott. You know, now he's talking about busing and back. I've been saying that when I started seeing this you know, photo op that these governors were doing where they were loading up illegals and busing them to Delaware, busing them to D.C. And I thought, that's stupid. Why would we bust these people further into our country? Take the bus, load it up and unload it at the border and they can go back. I'm not about photo ops. I'm about solutions. And my border plan is the most aggressive, bold plan this country's ever seen. Yes. And this is why we need you in the governorship in Arizona. You know, this is why you and President Trump and so many other America First candidates and officials get the the hell beat out of them every day. It's because you're standing up with actual solutions to America's problems, Carrie. And by doing that, you're making the entire uni party look bad. And so they've got to destroy you. Um, that that's one issue that is directly affecting your state, but also the, the viability of the United States as a country. The other one, which you raise a lot, is the 2020 election, and you talk about it as a stolen election. Arizona has gone through an audit and a lot of back and forth on this. Tell us what you guys found and why you continue to talk about election integrity. Well, it, it's just the most important the most important issue, because if we would have fair elections, we wouldn't have the border wide open right now. We would have President Trump's plan in place, which was working the best I'd ever seen in 27 years of covering Arizona. If we had honest elections, we wouldn't have sky high inflation, a dollar that's being devalued. Uh, Our energy 
uh, policy, which was amazing. We had independence, energy independence for the first time. And now that's come crushing down. And Joe Biden has destroyed that. He's the kind of guy he's got the opposite. The Midas touch. Everything he touches gets destroyed. And if we had honest elections, that wouldn't have happened. We had a corrupt election in Arizona. And um, I mean, I can go through some of the facts if you want. But the bottom line is there's a mountain of evidence, evidence, not hearsay, but evidence. And we have an AG who's not doing anything with it. And we we the people are stuck knowing that our election was fraudulent and that we have the wrong person sitting in the White House and we're tired of it. So when I'm when I'm governor and I believe we're going to have a red wave, Monica, I think we're going to have a lot of America first strong leaders in the legislature and we are going to pass legislation to shore up our election laws. We're not going to have a month of election voting. We're not going to have ballots being sent out to everybody, two and three and four ballots each. We're going to tighten this up so that when we go to bed on election night, we have a winner. And everybody, whether they're Democrat, independent, Republican, they know that it was fair. That's all we want is a level playing field. Yes. And confidence in our elections. Again, without that, we've got nothing. We have no country. So I'm so happy to hear your plan, Carrie, to restore integrity to Arizona's elections. I'll never forget. I was in the White House on election night. We were watching the returns come in in the East Wing. And when they called to Arizona for uh, Biden, the silence just befell all of us. We could not believe what we were seeing. And now we know, thanks to Arizona's audit and thanks to you speaking out about the clear voter heist that went on in that state and, and elsewhere, we know that this was a stolen election. So my hat is off to you for having the courage to continue to speak out on this and say when you are governor, you're going to fix it. Well, we should have never certified that election. You can't certify a fraudulent election. And even Karen Fan said the election is uncertifiable. She even said that. And she was, you know, in, in the Senate and she was part of getting the forensic audit going. And and I think they're worried about me getting in, in office, the uh, establishment uniparty and saying, let's uh, let's lift the hood and look under this and see how, what was going on. And. We know that the election was corrupt, and I don't think they I don't think they want someone who's willing to dig through that and make sure we find every area where they cheated and make it so those loopholes do not exist. And we can't cheat that way anymore. We had seven hundred and forty thousand ballots in Maricopa County with no chain of custody, though. You can't authorize those. those you can't authenticate those ballots. Where did they come from? And they should have never been counted, but they were. 20,000 mail-in ballots counted in the final count that were received after the voting deadline. Mm. Uh, 250,000 early votes shown in the final vote with no proof of ever being received. I mean, this is just crazy stuff. Not to mention the thousands of boxes of ballots with these big orange security seals. And the majority of them had been opened up and pilfered. The seals were broken. It is it is just it's like a banana republic, the way we're operating our elections. It's almost shocking. And the the vast majority of people don't know about it because the fake news is in on it and they refuse to cover it. Yes. And it's despicable. 
Yes, and they're all part of the uni party. I include the the fake news in that, and they all protect each other. And that's why they fear you and President Trump, because you go in and you expose all of the rot and all of the corruption, and then you actually set your mind to fixing it. That, that's why, Carrie, I am, I am behind you 1,000%. I know my entire audience is as well. You're such a fierce fighter for freedom. And uh, I appreciate your time here. Thank you so much for stepping up. And we look forward to celebrating your victory, not only on August 2nd, but November 8th as well. Oh, that's great. And, you know, I just, I urge everyone, and I know your listeners are, um, are patriotic and love this country. This is our moment to stand up. This is our moment to do more than just, um, you know, feel in your heart that you love this country. So stand up for this country. Make sure you get out and vote. Take your God-given talents and use them in any way you can to make sure that we save this country. We are, I like to say we're on the 11th hour. I, I feel we're in the final minutes yeah. of this country and we're going to lose it if we don't step forward and demand fair elections, demand honest elections and step up to the corruption that's happening. And support candidates like you, Carrie, who are willing to take the fight on full frontal. Carrie Lake, she is running for governor of Arizona. She's the leading Republican candidate there. She has President Trump's endorsement. And as you can hear, she's a total badass and needs to be supported. <laughs> her website is carrielake.com. So please go there, check her out and support her however you can. Carrie, thank you so much. God bless. Thank you, Monica. Have a great day. You bet. Okay, guys, time now to dip into the email bag. And we went kind of long on the show today. So I've got one great email, but I've got a ton more emails to get through and keep them coming to Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. So we're going to do one email today, but I promise you Wednesday and Friday and, and going forward, we will get to more of your emails. Robert in Haymarket, Virginia writes, Hi, Monica. So glad I found your podcast. Now I have two sources for honest news, yourself and Bill O'Reilly. Love your reporting. Keep up the good fight. Robert, so nice of you. Thank you so much. I am thrilled that you have found this podcast too. And I just want to reiterate, especially to those who have joined us from the Steve Bannon podcast, welcome. And I, I want to let you know that just like Bannon is doing, we are truly building a community of happy warriors here. Fierce fighters for freedom, yes, but we're all happy warriors who truly believe in America. And I think it's really important that you're all here and you tell your friends and family to join us because it can be very isolating given what we're up against here. This is pure evil. And sometimes we can really get down and dispirited, especially if we feel like we're alone or that things are slipping away from us. So what I pride myself on on this program is building this community of fellow happy warriors, independent thinkers, thought criminals, as we say, um, and for all of us to know that we're in this together because there's safety in numbers and there are far more of us than there are of them. Yes, they control most of the levers of power, but we control the power in the end. So, Robert, thank you for joining us, and thank you. Keep those emails coming in, Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Have a fantastic start to your week, and I will see you right back here for another huge show. We're going to have Congresswoman Lauren Boebert is going to join us and tell us what it's like walking the halls with Liz Cheney. 
Plus, she's got a new book, My American Life. Lauren Bober will join us. So have a great start to your week, and I will see you right back here on Wednesday. Wednesday.